Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Benedict Moore Parish in the Hill District and also at St. Mary Madeline Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Homewood, Point Breeze, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. And as promised, we're driving into some current affairs issues this morning and other topical conversations We hope that you find them both informative and enlightening. And this segment is brought to you by the generosity of Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. We made mention on our last episode that Michelle Peduto, our director of Catholic schools, was on location on Capitol Hill down in Washington, D.C. with other Catholic school administrators from across across the country. Michelle is now back in town, and she's here to share what happened at the National Catholic Education Association Leadership Summit. Michelle, glad that you're back on our program, and we are on today for an in-depth conversation on leadership and mission in our schools. There was a lot of information gathering, and the information shared at this national summit of Catholic school leaders in Washington. Michelle, so if you can sum up for us What was the underlining mission of this great uh, summit in the minds of Catholic education uh, professionals getting together in our nation's capital? Oh, thank you, Father Tom. It's number one, it's great to be back, but it was a wonderful, wonderful conference. And uh, there are great minds for sure across this country, far greater than mine. And so it's always a humbling event when I get together with superintendents and secretary of education. folks from across the nation, and we come together. Our primary mission is to share the uh, individual experiences that are going on in our own dioceses, and the problems and challenges are often very similar. Uh, And we brainstorm, and we, we hear ideas of how people are doing things in different areas, and it really does help to bring some new new information home to the way we're doing things, and I hope also, what we share, what I share with them is of value to them as well. We are one of a few dioceses that has gone through regionalization processes, and so we have a lot of interest in that. Uh, so so it's, a, it's a great time just to, just to share those common experiences and uh, work together to build a solid foundation, continue to build solid foundation for Catholic education across the country. It's good that you get together with your peers. Uh, you meet new people, new relationships and friendships develop. And uh, like you said about the regionalization um, and, and other areas of the country too. So it's a really good time to collaborate and listen and share um, what's going on and some things that might be going on in Pittsburgh that somebody else might be uh, didn't know about or vice versa. And so I could see how this, these conferences um, with the powers to be are, are very important. So what was it like getting together uh, with past and present superintendents from all over the country, uh, touching base with the lawmakers as well as the important issues? Uh, was there any certain themes that came up at the meeting uh, from the leaders from every state? Uh, 
You know, I, I will start by saying uh, sometimes these these events, when you're sitting at the tables, they they're like the cafeteria at our local Catholic high school, right? We all we all the Pennsylvania people kind of come together at one table, and then there's Wisconsin and California, and we all we sit together. So it's a great time to build those local connections, local being within the state. Uh, and then, of course, we we mix and have a wonderful time with everyone else too, and share with everyone else. But in bringing the Pennsylvania contingent, we have a very strong um, Pennsylvania Catholic conference led by, for us, it's a Sean McAleer, who just went out of his way to arrange. He had he actually came into town. He's not required to do that. He came into town to set up meetings with all of our um, our senators, our representatives, um, so that we would have a chance to go to their offices on Capitol Hill and talk about what those things that are really important. Um, in Catholic education. And uh, just to give you an idea, there were pretty, we were close to 50 states represented at this. Uh, there were a hundred meetings that were set up on the Hill. Seven of those were from Pennsylvania. So that's a pretty big deal. We had seven meetings to run around to and to talk to and, and to spread our, spread our message. We were received very well by those offices, but we did have two things. And you have to, I think we only had so many minutes with them and you really wanna be um, specific about, concise, I should say, about uh, what, your, what your concerns are, what your priorities are. So we had two, first and foremost, no matter what we're doing, we wanna keep, we wanna keep, the, I will put it out there, the government out of our faith. So what we do in our schools related to our faith and our doctrine, that must remain sacred, that we are, we, we hold that and we, we do what we do and we keep that away from any type of regulation or um, any kind of law that might infringe on our religious freedoms. So that's number one. Number two, I think there's some confusion out there about Catholic schools receiving federal funds. So we do receive title monies and we have for decades received title monies. But what's important to note is those title monies are not ours as schools. They belong to our students. So they get funneled to us for services for our students. And that is, I, I know during COVID, there was some confusion about, well, we have to do this certain thing. We have to wear a mask because that's what uh, that's the trade-off for taking federal funds. Doesn't apply because we, and that was certainly not a piece of that decision. We are um, providing a, this, the intermediate units in our area funnel all the federal funds to our students. But one of our concerns about those federal funds, and this would be number two, as we were talking to our, our, our legislators, um, that money our students are entitled to. And when it when it passes through too many layers, that money disappears because of administrative fees that are taken from it, legally so. But what we are trying to do and what we wanted to convey to the folks in Washington, we don't want too many layers before it hits our kids. Our kids deserve those services. They're entitled to those services. Often they are linked to the poverty level in our schools there should be a minimal number of layers that that money has to go through to get to the people who are entitled to it. And that's our students. So those were our two things. In other words, keep away from our faith, please. 
we say it very politely, please, but we say it with, a, with an exclamation point. And um, whatever our students are entitled to, let's get that to them in, in the right quantity so that they're getting what they deserve. So, yeah. Well, thank you for clarifying that, you know, as a, a religious private schools, obviously, we don't get federal tax dollars like the public school systems, but there is some uh, student entitlement money. And you have to walk that fine line of versus church and state, so That's to speak. Right. That's yeah. right. Exactly right. Um, now, some of the important key elements of the summit centered around Catholic identity and the commitment to the faith and teachings and missions of the schools. Um, so would this elaborate on what you just talked about, um, the commitment to the faith and teaching? Yeah, the, the commitment to our faith and teaching and, and just, um, you know, our culture, around the culture around us is changing. But our doctrine does not change. Right? We we are we are true to um, to our faith, and it's becoming that divide between the secular culture and our Catholic schools and our Catholic faith is becoming wider and wider uh, as as uh, things emerge, and so. We have intensified our efforts to provide formation for our teachers to be sure, because our teachers are, you know, part of the culture. So we, we do need to be sure that we're providing proper formation for our teachers so that proper formation can be provided to our students. We, we have to be faithful and true. That is, that is the biggest focus now as far as Catholic identity. We have yeah, to be faithful. Lose that religious faith aspect of it. It's a Catholic school. So obviously <laughs> that can't be watered down. It's not just a regular private school. People have choices and they choose the Catholic religious aspect of it. That's what makes Catholic schools different. And I think what people have to understand, we welcome, we always welcome students of other faiths. We do. Absolutely. It it is what makes our schools really wonderful. But having said that, we are still true to our faith and true to the practice of our faith. And we do that with compassion and love and and hopefully in, in evangelizing students as well. So, yeah, with with the climate we are in right now, where everybody is just so on edge, we just finished a very heated, divided election. Uh, There's a lot of moral issues out there that everybody is all over the board with Um, still dealing, uh, coming out of COVID, trying to get back to some type of normalcy. Uh, Just and then what's going on in our world. You know, there's just so much angst out there it's like let's just take a big deep breath and you know just focus on why we're here we're here to get a good quality catholic education we have lots more to talk about we're going to take a break you're listening to catholic education plus with father tom bark and michelle peduto here on kdk radio we'll be back in a moment welcome back to catholic education plus i'm father tom bark pastor at saint benedict the moore parish in the hill district and also saint mary madeline parish in the east end and we are focusing on uh, the Catholic identity and Catholic mission. And Michelle Peduto, who is our director of Catholic schools, has just come back from a national conference in Washington, D.C., and, and other uh, key superintendents across the nation sharing uh, some of their key points and morals and values and sharing some support. So let's pick up the conversation and first focus on what's happening nationwide following the pandemic pandemic. 
and the issue of learning loss. We just hear some reports that some test scores nationwide students are behind. Obviously, this is a real concern. How is this being addressed for our Catholic students? Okay, let me talk about those test results first, because that was big news um, all through October. And actually, the first, uh, we saw the results of those test scores at the conference. They were presented to us. Um, so it, it's the nation's report card, as it's referred to. It's the National Assessment of Educational Progress. And this test is given periodically, um, not every year, but um Fortunately for us, I think it was given pre-COVID and then post-COVID. So it was a really good look at what happened um, to our students in that time, in that interim time between the COVID and now in the post-COVID era here. It's given to fourth and eighth graders in the same schools um, each time so they can track this longitudinally. And they saw, they got some interesting information. And I'm sure people have seen the reports for the public schools. They've been just, they were on every news show um, through the month of October. But Catholic schools fared very, very well. And I do, uh, I have to quote, I think it was Michael Deegan, who's the superintendent for the Archdiocese of New York. And, and he put in a tweet. He said, if Catholic schools were a state, because they do look at it state by state, if Catholic schools were a state, we'd be the number one state. That's how well we did. I mean, we really held our own in both reading and math. These are reading and math assessments. Um, it really showed the efforts of our teachers in keeping our kids pretty steady. We remained steady. We lost, we, over the, across the board, we saw, and rightly so in middle school, we saw a little bit of a drop. But still, we held our we held tight to our our lead over um, other schools throughout the country, and and it is public and private. It is um, administered by the National Center for Educational Statistics, so it is an objective organization that's putting this out there to see how our schools across the nation are doing. And we're just so proud of our Catholic schools. But that what did not come without tremendous work, and our as we know. I don't know this. I think the the uh, about ninety percent of Catholic schools across the country were doing in person instruction throughout, except for that initial lockdown period uh, in twenty twenty from March until June, and then we were back in session, and that really served us well. But even though we were the number one state, if we had you know the Catholic state, um, we did see some learning loss because of there was if I'm sure our parents remember all the interruptions, the quarantines, the you know sometimes we had to close the school for a bit and open it up again. So we did see learning loss. And so how are we addressing that? We are certainly not ignoring it. We are um, we've doubled our efforts on um, small assessments so that we can benchmark where students are. We can test them in short periods of time to see if they're gaining. You know, their skill sets, if they're moving along, we're keeping a good eye on that, gathering that data so that we're addressing those areas of weakness. That was absolutely has been a focus of ours. Even during the pandemic, we knew that was going to happen. So we were planning for that and introducing some new benchmark assessments along the way so we could monitor that. I think the key thing here is to understand that we cannot make up for that learning loss quickly. That will be done over time and it'll be done very deliberately with that data that we're gathering. So we are addressing it, we're aware of it and we're being very intentional 
about focusing on what needs to be taught, what needs to be covered, what our students need to learn to, I say catch up, but to, to get where we'd like to see them at each grade level. So we're still extremely proud of uh, where they are right now. Yeah, I've, I've heard that from countless uh, families who have kids in Catholic education across the board, just saying that because of the in-person learning where maybe other school districts and entities uh, did not go back into person like the Catholic schools did. And kudos to you and your team and the principals and the faculty and the staff. Everybody, you know, put their best foot forward uh, when we were able to come back in the fall of 2020. And there was that hybrid model where, you know, some people still were at home, but most of the kids were in person. And that I, I, I've heard it from countless parents. Just to, They were so thankful for mm -hmm. that. And, uh, and I, I can see where the test, re it's the report card doesn't, doesn't lie to say, okay, yeah, there might be some drops naturally, but overall, considering what most of the kids had to go through, I, that in-person really made the difference. Would you agree? I would agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Now let's end where we began with the focus on our Catholic mission to live, love, and learn Jesus. This must be the guiding force in everything that's done in our schools how was this emphasized at the Leadership Summit, and what does this look like moving forward? I think one of the most, the, something that is so special about that summit is that uh, these are people, not only great educators and great minds and great thinkers, they are people of great faith. And that comes across in everything they do, and we are so committed. We are so committed to our true mission and academics, I, I say this all the time. I, I'm so proud of our academics, our extracurriculars. I love when our teams win championships too. I'm, I'm very excited about that. But the most important thing we do and the thing that we cannot, the piece we cannot walk away from is our true mission to walk with our students on that path to the loving arms of Jesus Christ at the end of our lives. That is why we are here, to teach, to not even teach, to create an environment where that loving relationship with Jesus takes place, where students meet Jesus. I know they do in their homes. And, and listen, the parents are number one, num numero uno with uh, providing uh, that support, that um, faith education for their students. And, and that's the beauty of Catholic education is we are partners with our parents and we recognize that. And we want our parents to know that when our children are in our schools, they are living, loving, and learning Jesus every day, seven hours a day when they're not in their homes. And that is our goal. That is our mission. That is why we exist. And then obviously the parents are the first teachers and, 100%. and then they um, give their kids to our faculty and staff for those seven or eight hours. They entrust us with their children. And, and it, it, it's a twofold thing that both systems have to work together and that's how the children grow. And it can't be just all 
the school teaching the faith that parents have to do the prayers uh, at bedtime and uh, at breakfast and at the dinner table and night prayers, come to church on the weekends. Got to keep that momentum going. It can't be just the, the clergy or the teachers. It, the family obviously has to take. And it's reciprocal, both, both the faculty and staff and the family together. And that's how children blossom and they grow. And um, that's why we're in the business that we are in. And kudos to you and your, your staff for all you've done with all the ups, the downs, the challenges that we've faced these last several years. Um, and, and hopefully this Catholic conference in Washington was really energizing for you so that you could share the blessings that you have here in Pittsburgh and, and then maybe learn some things too. And I punctuate it with just one sentence. And that would be, I would remind everyone that the school is not a substitute for the parish. Mm-hmm. It is a ministry of our uh, church. Our parish is the heart of our faith. Absolutely. All right. Well, Michelle Peduto, the director of Catholic schools for the diocese of Pittsburgh. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you so much, Father. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio. This week in our Plus segment, we are officially ending the regular liturgical season. This is the Feast of Christ the King. Hard to believe that uh, ordinary time now officially ends. And next Sunday, at the end of the month of November, we begin a new cycle of readings, and it's also the first Sunday of Advent. We will pull out the Advent candle wreath and light the first candle. But this week, Christ the King, Jesus demonstrates that he is indeed the King. Uh, There are two criminals uh, crucified, one on the right, one on the left of Jesus. One mocks Jesus for not using his powers, but the second criminal seeks mercy and said, this is only, um, this is the only gospel that records this exchange between Jesus and the criminals. Jesus responds by declaring to the one criminal that today you will be with me in paradise. And that, that type of king that we normally would think of, such as over in Europe or the riches and royalty, is not the Christ the king that we think of, but Jesus is the king with love and mercy and forgiveness and simplicity. And with the gloom of the cross, Jesus uh, shows us that there's a flicker of life. He reached out to, to, um, the criminal reached out to Jesus to ask for that saving uh, graces, and Jesus shows that love and that mercy. So as we conclude this liturgical season and celebrate Christ the King, let us prepare for this season of Advent. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio.